When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor, FightfulWrestling.com. If you've never been there before, check out Fightful Wrestling. We are quickly becoming the best wrestling news source in the game. Lots of exclusives, lots of interviews, lots of podcasts, all that good stuff. Speaking of podcasts, I did reviews this weekend for Impact Homecoming, New Year Dash, and Wrestle Kingdom. This weekend, Mr. Warren Hayes and Diva Dirt's Kristen Ashley will be bringing you the uh, NXT UK TakeOver post-show podcast make sure you guys tune into that on saturday but hey if you want to support fightful.com directly check out fightfulselect.com lots of neat stuff up there just released the 1988 royal rumble retro show check it out lots of good stuff there but tonight you got monday night raw to talk about we got lots to talk about we do post shows after every uh big show uh, raw smackdown when all elite lands we'll, we'll do some for that as well we got uh, shows for almost everything out there, so uh, check it all out if you all don't mind. Leave us a thumbs up on this video. Hit a big stomp on that subscribe button. It's Monday, January 7, 2019. Alex, how was your weekend? Did you watch any New Japan, or are you disconnected from that? I kind of have to be, like, I just, just to like keep my brain... <laughs> together like i i make sure i always like find out what happened and you know if there was something amazing i'll always find it it'll make its way across my timeline um i uh yeah i missed a, a good portion of that i did not miss the fact though that okada is back wearing his little shorts and the world went nuts so yeah. i did well let's go ahead and talk about raw this opens up with a mean gene Oakland tribute image uh, we'll talk more about him later but then we get a shot at Gorilla of Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley brawling. Everybody trying to stop them. I like the, I've always said it, I, I like the, the Peter Griffin versus the chicken storyline where you can't keep these two apart. I mean, what would keep these two guys apart? If they really didn't like each other that much, are the four ring posts keeping them apart? Not really. Nope. Is anything backstage keeping them apart? Not really. So they fight, they brawl out to ringside. No commentary over top of it. I thought that was a nice touch. The crowd live seemed to like it. This was a very lively crowd throughout the evening. 
what did you think of this this opening brawl? Well, it was fine. Uh, I did appreciate Zack Ryder there in the suit. So I guess that tipped tipped our hand. I guess we weren't going to see Zack Ryder on Raw. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, this this is always interesting. It's always good to me to like who's involved in breaking up the brawl. That's always what I look for because I'm weird that way. It was like, oh, no way. Jose's there. Um, yeah, this is fine. Like, uh, it's a good thing to do. Like, Bobby Lashley, uh, I think, could have good stuff um, with Seth Rollins. I'm still waiting because this feud is promising it to me. A Seth Rollins versus Leo Rush one-on-one match actually sanctioned. Not Leo Rush running around outside, but like an actual match. Uh, this this is a good feud that is this is a good way of getting a little jolt to it. Moving it, I don't think these guys will wrestle at the Royal Rumble. I think they'll both be in it. So you can have something that, st- that continues there or starts there and moves on through the uh, late winter. Yeah, so these two get split up. John Cena then comes out and says that this is WWE Raw. This is what has Seth Rollins all fired up and, and willing to fight like this. Cena announces he will enter the 2019 WWE Royal Rumble match. It seems like only two weeks ago, John Cena was telling people in interviews that when he came back, he wasn't going to be on television. That was not the case. He is all over WWE TV. And why not? If you have him, then do it. Because it seems like he wasn't there at all last year. He was there to call out The Undertaker, get his ass kicked, then he showed up for a few international dates. It already seems like WWE is going to get more out of John Cena in 2019 than they did 2018, Alex. Yeah, uh, like as you said, almost by default. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I mean, I think he's kind of due for some new new merch. He gets about one every uh, every year with with the whole new line. The hat matches the shirt, matches the wristbands. Um, I'm. uh, It's good to have him back, I guess. But it seems kind of directionless at this point. I mean, I thought maybe we were getting the direction for it, and I was like, hell. I, I love the idea of Drew McIntyre uh, being the legend killer and the next guy on his list is John Cena. I love that. But then it kind of just devolved into a big six-man tag, which we'll talk about. We will talk about it. Drew McIntyre does come out after this and says, he's been waiting for this moment for years. And and dare I say that I know how many years, Alex? <laughs> say it. Over eight. You want to know Why? Why? Eight years ago, Drew McIntyre and his then close personal friend, Cody Rhodes, Mm. lost their tag team championships to one John Cena and arguably John Cena's greatest tag team partner of all time, David Otunga, (laughs) at Bragging Rights 2010. I was looking up information for my stats piece that drops every Wednesday, and I thought, how many times have these guys been in the ring with each other? And I said, a pay-per-view? Bragging rights 2010? Hot dog. Uh, that's obviously on the WWE Network, which um, I want to know how many times that match has been deliberately called up by people who own the WWE Network on purpose. I'm going to go seek out this match. Uh, yeah, Otunga was in it. Yeah, he, he sure was. Uh, needless to say, one of those things are not like the other. Yeah. In some form or fashion. My God. My God. But I like Drew McIntyre's promo. He says he doesn't care about Cena's haircut or his girlfriend. Cena tried to do what Cena does and get cutesy there, which 
undermines people an awful lot. He's still got a real problem with that, Alex. It really does. It's it's super annoying. Like if it was anybody other than John Cena, I don't think they'd be allowed. This to haircut, this one, this, just like I did to this, you. This sweet thing right here, like, and so which forces Drew to like go back like six words and start over again. Which I mean, Drew Drew's a pretty seasoned guy. He knows how to do that. But if 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 they put somebody young or maybe doesn't speak English very well, there's more of those guys in WWE all the time. Uh, in into a promo battle with John Cena, he's going to trip him up like that. Yeah, like it's just it, and it's and listen, they could have worked on the whole speech backstage for hours. They get out there, they're in the flow of it, and all of a sudden, you got this yuckster in the ring ad libbing on you, like John. You can't you can't do that. You're not you're not shooting Step Brothers. This is an improv. Cena says he's so sick of the same promo that he left, so people would come up with a new one. This kind of was a new one. I mean, it was. people are always going to challenge John Cena. That's yeah. why he's there. As McIntyre and Cena are about to fight, Leo Rush comes out livid. And I thought his promo was actually pretty good. Where sure. you know, I, I don't like the, the threatening of legal action that is guaranteed a shitty storyline in pro wrestling. Yeah, but uh, he cuts a promo about how Lashley will take legal action. They are attacked by Rollins, who is then attacked by Ambrose. Finn Balor comes out to a gigantic pop. Yeah, they know I the, mean a real big one, Alex. The crowd was super into a night of wrestling at the beginning. It felt there was a big lull in the middle there, but uh, at that at, at this moment, they were super into this. He does a tope con hilo. Good reaction. We're getting a tag team match playa. I tweeted every time that I complain about shaky cameras and zooms and camera cuts. I think, well, you know what? Maybe the casuals love seizures, Alex. Yeah, they don't. I don't think they do. Uh, yeah. Although Trina said that one of her friends said that they thought that it made WWE look more major league. And I said, your friend loves seizures. Mm-hmm. Just really enjoy seizures. We then got the six-man tag. Rollins, Balor, and Cena defeated Ambrose, McIntyre, and Lashley. This was a very fun match, and I was quite interested to see how this show would play off or play out because you've got all these guys. The match ends by 840 Eastern, and you got six top guys or top-of-the-line guys in one match. This was them taking turns, them being the baby faces, taking turns getting beaten up. Hot tag briefly, cut off. It's paint-by-number stuff, but it was real, real exciting. The work was very good. Cena hits an AA on Lashley. Ambrose tags tags in and drags Cena down. Cena gets sent into the stairs. Back from the break, Balor gets tagged in, and he is rolling. Then he gets flat on his ass after eating a Claymore kick. Rollins gets the last hot tag, and his is the best in my estimation. He is on fire, slides out of the ring, and does a second rope, almost an acai moonsault. Yeah, real good and smooth, Alex. That was that was a hell of a spot. Yeah, it was. Uh, listen, I I'm not going to quibble with you. The in ring work was all very good. It just it felt like this was a thing that you would do at at the MSG house show, like with this many top guys in this match, where literally nothing matters. Like it does not matter which one of these two teams wins. Um, it's furthering individual feuds within it, kind of, and a callback between McIntyre and Balor. This is the kind of thing you get at, at Rumble time. 
so that they when they do you know the rumble they can go oh these two guys met three weeks ago on raw there's no love lost between these two and as opposed to like actually progressing things toward actual storylines this was fine but it took up 40 minutes and really nothing happened you you had you had something beginning to happen i thought between mcintyre and cena but that was kind of cut off amid everything else Rollins also does the the Falcon Arrow. Always going to get a mention for me. Rollins ends up winning with a stomp on Ambrose. This was just a a blast to watch, especially towards the end. I kind of like what they did and until it unfolded. But a video is shown of Triple H backstage, not really paying attention to the match. Nope. He's drinking coffee, talking to Sasha Banks and Bailey. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of his NXT buddies. Why not? Sure. Yeah, and Seth Rollins walks back there and slaps it out of Triple H's hand. Walk us through this, Alex. I just love the idea of like Triple uh, Seth has told his boss Triple H, "I want this promotion. I want a match for the Intercontinental Title." And Triple H said, "You know what? It's not in the cards this quarter." That's basically what he's what he said. And so two weeks later. Seth Rollins, sweaty and shirtless, walks up to his boss and slaps the coffee out of his hand and demands what he wants. And his boss is so he's overcome with respect for his employee and grants him his request. And I want everyone out there tomorrow to march into their boss's office and slap the coffee out of their hand and demand a promotion because that's how it works in life, according to WWE. Yeah. <laughs> then we got a topic. It's gonna it's gonna draw some controversy just us talking about it, either yep. way that you go on it. And to be quite frank with you, I don't give a shit, guys. Yeah. yeah. I I got man, I am so tired of seeing people telling groups of people who have been marginalized that they shouldn't be upset by something because some amount of time has passed. Yeah. I loved Hulk Hogan as a kid. And you know what? I don't love Hulk Hogan anymore. Why Why don't I? Because he said some really sick, dumb shit. To the point to where when his son got into an accident that almost killed another person, one of Hulk Hogan's primary concerns was that he not be reincarnated into a black man. That is some kind of... K1 striking level racism that I have never I live in Kentucky <laughs> and I I of all the ignorant racist shit that I've heard in my life I've never heard anyone say well you know what I really hope I'm not reincarnated into a black guy that's one of the things that Hogan said and Everybody can learn and everybody can grow and everybody can get better. And and I, I said all kinds of stupid, ignorant shit when I was younger as recently as several years ago and didn't understand the impact it would have on people. And then I learned and I was educated about it. And I was like, you know what? I need to change terminology. And it was never anything like what Hulk Hogan said. No. But my God, man, I talked to WWE wrestlers who were there and got the apology from Hulk Hogan and people in WWE who were in that room being talked to by Hulk Hogan said he was sorry that he got caught. Yeah. 
And like I said, sometimes I don't tell you guys the names of these people. Quite frankly, they're not supposed to talk to me. I tell Alex who they are. I tell yeah. Jimmy who they are. Uh, I, I'm able to exchange that information with them. It felt uncomfortable. And it became more uncomfortable to me because all weekend I got Alex was the, well, he's only there for Mean Gene. And then today they started marketing the Hulk Hogan shirts. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know what? I would have less of a problem with that if you said, proceeds go to Mean Gene's family. Let's. Sure. Let's. It, that wasn't what happened. Uh, Hulk Hogan came out in character, said that Mean Gene wanted it that way, and threw to an amazing video package. That's great. Uh, I want your thoughts before the video package on the, the Hulk Hogan thing. Yeah, man. Like, listen, uh, yeah. I mean, when, when I, when I heard the news, this is what I tweeted. I, I used, I used a, a Hulk Hogan Turner phrase. I said, well, let me tell you something, mean Gene, you were a legend and you'll be missed. And that's, I mean, this is the thing is that to me, it's, he's kind of inseparable from Hogan. Um, but he's also kind of inseparable from other guys that he worked with who are also still alive. Yeah. I really loved WCW mean gene with all of his stuff with flair and flair's still around. And although flair still a lot of shit in his past, he's not necessarily as, as controversial as Hogan. Um, and uh, if I social media were around in Flair's day, oh, good we Lord. wouldn't be talking about him as an alternative. No, but we would not. We're talking but, about the situation we're in right now. Yeah, and, and I, I, I knew they were going to do it, but the problem was it felt opportunistic. It felt like they've been trying to get Hogan back in the fold where people wouldn't have, be upset with it for a while, maybe over a year. And this was the perfect opportunity for him to come back and he'll, it'll be all about Mean Gene. Nobody can boo him if he's just dared to honor his old friend, Gene Okerlund. So they'll be able to skate it in under the radar. And if, if it doesn't go horribly, then he'll show up at the Rumble. And then he'll show up at Mania. And then he'll show up everywhere. Because they, they, they had just found the perfect way to get Hogan back. It felt like that. Like, I don't know that that was it. But it really it's, felt that way. So, it read that way. It read like they were putting him in a situation where he couldn't get booed. I do think there was some degree of of being genuine in it. Yeah. Some degree. And you can tell Hogan was very emotional. And I was told that he was a wreck about it all week, uh, as I'm sure he was. Gene was a, a good friend of his. But, man, uh, it was – I didn't like – it just wasn't for me. I don't need to see Hogan. People that I talked to said that they really believed that the the reason Hogan was brought back is because Ring of Honor announced MSG. Mm-hmm. And no, WWE doesn't want to risk anybody yeah. booking Hogan to show up at MSG to wave or anything. That's just the level of petty they are. Yeah. This video package, though, oh my God, this was amazing. It was so beautiful. I couldn't imagine. I don't know who puts together those video packages, Alex. I don't know if it's somebody who has been there for a long time. But I can't imagine how they got through it like that. Mean Gene Okerlund was the voice of not just my generation of wrestling, several generations of wrestling. Yeah. yeah. From AWA to WWF to WCW to younger names who hear him on the network, on Storytime, on Legends House, on yeah. all kinds of stuff. He was the perfect voice and was just so perfect for that era. He was just 
opposite, completely opposite of everything they want now in an interviewer. Yeah. They want, <laughs> they want some young looking, I'm not, I'm not calling Gene Oakland not handsome, but they want some guy who looks like he'd be plucked off of a Rue 21 poster. Yeah. And Gene Oakland was not that, but he fit so well. He was so just off the cuff and amazing, Alex. Yeah. It was, it was the, um, he was he perfect for the era. Like if you if you want to talk about, and this is some stuff that Hogan brought up later of of just everybody that's from that era that's gone, you know. And and you know, the, there's the old the old song where there's a rock and roll heaven. You know, they got a hell of a band. Like you put together all these guys, man, who, who wrestled a hell of a card, and Mean Gene out there interviewing them all, uh, and just the idea that that yeah, Monsoon and Heenan who were, you know, the greatest to ever do it together, you know, on the commentary, I think. Uh, and then at the same, throwing it, throwing it to Mean Gene, you know, who did the interviews, like, it, it felt like it was, it's just so odd. It really is the end of an era that all these guys are gone. Uh, he he was absolutely, uh, he he was wrestling. Like, that's the thing, is like, wherever, wherever he went, when he was with WWE, it felt more important if Mean Gene was interviewing them. And when, when he went to WCW, it, it felt all those ridiculous horseman promos in the middle of the ring with, with Gene Oakland just there, just trying to like pass the mic back and forth and make sure he caught every one of Flair's woos. Like, it was just crazy. Go back and watch all that stuff from that era. He, he, was, he was the glue that held everything together. A WWE Hall of Famer, obviously he is a member of the New England Wrestling Hall of Fame, the uh, Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame. He is why we had hotlines in mm-hmm. the 90s. I still remember 1-900-909-9900 off the top of my head. I remember that. Um, also, I had mentioned last week, Alex, he was exposed to a whole different generation of people because of those Mountain Dew commercials last year with Kevin Hart. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Kevin Hart actually sent his condolences as well, which I thought was was really nice. This guy was just such a legend. Yeah. And man, it's it's. I'm glad that he got like a 2018 appearance with AJ Styles and Rock 25 as well. We got that. We got we got a bit of a farewell, and he was working for WWE as recently as last week, Alex. Like they are uh, the week before that. He was on like WWE Vintage or or something like that. Yeah, and Mean Gene Okerlund, he will be missed, man. He he was special. He was very special. I I I wanted to to mention one thing that like all all Hogan had to go do was go out there and just not say anything stupid, and yeah. the idea that like his little thing like he was talking to his dead friend and said basically, don't worry, you don't have to lift weights in heaven. Because the only women there are Mae Young and Moolah. And really, like, why would you lift weights to impress them? And I'm like, really, Hogan? Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, a Sherry Martell's got to be up there, right? If you're just putting up wrestling heaven. So maybe? I mean, but it's the idea that, like, he decides he has to, like, take a shot at two dead women in the middle of his promo about his Well, bed. as we've learned, Hogan isn't the best with locations, so maybe <laughs> he was talking about somewhere else. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm, I wish the best for Gene's family and friends and, and his fans. He was amazing. A guy I truly wish I could have interviewed and talked to and yeah. unfortunately didn't get to. 
Oh, man. We had the Raw Tag Team Championship match, a Lumberjack match. Gable and Rude defeated the Revival. I like this match, too. I like Gable <laughs> doing the Ricky Morton head scissors. Yeah. and uh, The Greg Gagne head scissors, uh, maybe a little bit uh, more accurately. He He's known for those. Revival keep getting sent outside the ring, then sent back in, then back out. I like that spot. The Revival have hashtag FTR yes. on their trunks. Alex, what does that stand for? Stands for Forever the Revival. Yeah, or or maybe it stands for Fuck the Revival. Well, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say, since it's on their trunks, that it stands for Forever the Revival. It might. It might. <laughs> but for those of you unfamiliar... FTR is a popular being the elite bit. Yep. Which they they employed for, for quite a while. <clears throat> a back body drop senton hits where Rude throws Gable over the top rope onto the pile. That was really good. A blind tag leads to Gable getting suplexed on the ropes where he almost actually lands on Dash. Dash yeah. was like, oh crap. Then there's this uh, just awesome German suplex blockbuster. Yeah, that was good. Rude and Gable are coming into their own as a team. Yeah, they really, really are. Like Rude's, Rude's perked up a lot since working with Gable, and I think that's great for him. Uh, and there's all kinds of stuff about the business, just the business itself, that Gable can learn from Rude, even backstage or writing together, that, that is indispensable for a guy who's young and fairly new in the business. Uh, and I actually, in spite of myself, because I really didn't like them paired together when they started, um... I'm 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 liking them as a team. Uh, although I I need this question answered. Did Rude get a new robe? Did he did he wash the pee off the old robe? Is Gable wearing the pee robe now? Like I don't understand what's going on with the whole pee robe thing. It's like Gable got the the Rosie gear and the Hurricane and Rosie partnership. Yes, yes. yes. Right, he's glorious in training, so he's got to wear the pee suit. <laughs> yeah, right now. Yeah. <clears throat> There's also this this really uh, an underrated spot. I assume that Wilder was supposed to come in and break up a tag yes. or break up a pin. I think he was late. Dawson covered for him by kicking yeah. out. Yes, that's what you do. You, you don't do what I saw last night a couple times, where you just don't kick out. You kick out just in case. Yes, if your opponent, if your teammate breaks up the pin like he's supposed to. People won't be looking for you anyway. They'll be looking for that breakup. It'll all work out. So there's a spot where Gable does a German suplex, and he's got it bridged on Wilder. And Dawson flies through with a a splash. That was such a good spot. Yeah. Yeah, that that was was one of those things of chaos theory into a bridge, followed by, like, not a a luchador, a, a guy who doesn't do a lot of that stuff. Uh, and Wilder jumping across the half the way across the ring to hit the splash to break it up. Like a, a spot like that is routine and this happens on Raw and doesn't lead to anything. And we go, oh, that was fun, but like would have set the world on fire six, seven years ago. You know, like it's so cool. I, I loved it. I think these guys work really, really well together. And because WWE can't not do a thing 10 times, we're going to see it again. We sure are. Gable barely kicks out after that. And then he and Dawson tussle for a series of pins. Rude turns one over, and Gable wins, even though Dawson's feet are in the ropes. Now, what I liked here was Rude, which I don't think he was whispering anything to Gable, really. Mm -hmm. I think, in my estimation, Rude was subtly doing this for the camera 
where he's like, we didn't really win that. I like that was such a little thing. If you all go back and look like rude leaning over to Gable, like, man, we, we got lucky with that one. We really pulled one out there Uh, outside of not seeing it over and over again or outside of seeing it over and over again. I'm quite fond of this storyline because it, it seems to further the notion that there is some sort of conspiracy against the revival. And normally I hate that type of storyline, mainly because it happens every single year in ring of honor. Mm -hmm. And it's with acts like the kingdom who are constantly put in, main event slots and Matt Taven's all over their TV show. And I'm thinking what goddamn conspiracy, the conspiracy for you to take over the airwaves. Cause that's what's happening. But for the revival who have been marginalized for a long time and just put in crap storylines and crap matches and in crap rule sets and screwed out of situations, it makes a little bit more sense for them, Alex, but yeah, yeah, it it does. Um, But it's one of those things of it, uh, I I I'm going to reserve judgment until they finish telling the story. But if it's just going to be the revival gets screwed over over and over and over again until they legitimately lose the match and therefore aren't the champs anymore, um, it's just basically what they did with Benjamin and Gable on SmackDown a year ago, where they kept like the the wrong guy was pinned. They did that. They did one with the guy guy's foot was under the ropes and that against the Usos. And I thought, oh, well, eventually they're going to have to have Gable and Shelton win the titles. And they didn't. They lost they lost the match clean one time and they never got another title shot. So it was kind of pointless. Um, I hope this thing actually has a, has a point to it. Um, but also, you know, you're in trouble if you're the revival and you're out there with all the lumberjacks and the only guys who are sitting there on the outside going, no, no, dude, ref, he got he had his foot on the ropes, are the Ascension. Like, Connor's like, no, seriously, you got to run that tape back. His foot was under the ropes. And meanwhile, Lucha House Party's just dancing with, like, yay, the good guys won. No, no, man, you, you can at least call him like you see him. At least Connor's over there going, like, no, no, no. He's a straight shooter, that Connor. Well, the Revival, I imagine, are going to get a renewed push. Let's hope, let's hope. They, they got options. Yeah. Lots yeah. of them right now. Yeah, they do. What what do you think about that? I mean, guys like the revival, obviously, let's, they uh, are they are in canon on <laughs> yes. being the elite. Yeah. Um uh yeah. I love the revival and I wanted them to be treated as legitimately awesome tag team wrestlers who take tag team wrestling seriously and are a throwback to the days of yore with tag team wrestling and have them have barn burners with the Usos and the New Day and the bar and everybody because because the Revival don't care about ta- about heel face alignment. They'll fight anybody and they're better than that. Like that, that's the Revival that I love. They have never- This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Never been utilized in that way. And if they're not gonna be utilized in that way on the in WWE, then boys. Get out. 
go over and wrestle the young bucks and tear the house down wherever you go. Do yeah. that. Why not? They they need they WWE's got to put more of an emphasis on tag team wrestling, I think, or they they stand a chance of losing people because we're hearing all elite is maybe going to hand out some WWE style money. Man. Yeah. Elias plays the guitar and recaps the 2018. He says he's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Corbin interrupts and says the crowd doesn't appreciate how hard it is to do the job he did. He's also entering the Royal Rumble. What do you think of this match? I don't know how many times we've seen it, but it feels like we've seen it 200 times, even if it's the first time. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a. Uh, I I like Corbin more than most, but he's a dead end for for people like right now. Anybody who faces who works with Corbin just kind of like just their, all the momentum slows. So, uh, I, I I don't know. It, it felt like it feels like you could do a lot more with Elias than you're doing. But uh, okay, like okay, uh, fine. You know, I, I and I I, I I still think the end of days is a great finisher. I'm I'm pumped when I get to see it because Corbin rarely wins. Uh, but yeah, this is a this feels like a hey, we're around. We're going to be in the Rumble. We'll probably enter around seventeen or twenty two. We might eliminate a guy, but we're not going to win. And it's just like, there's so many of those guys and it's just like, yeah. You've got a CM Punk chant. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when WWE expects people to care about Corbin, but it's just not happening For outside of the taunting chants. Well, I, 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 I do want, uh, there's a cool storyline for him to, I mean, again, this is the thing is you could easily brainstorm. It would take you 10 seconds to brainstorm a storyline, a little character switch. For, for Baron Corbin, who who decide, who was made constable and then acting general manager, and he wrestled in a dress shirt and slacks. And then that got taken away from him. And what if he goes back to the whole biker aesthetic? I mean, obviously he doesn't have the hair anymore, but he's kind of like down and out, and he just doesn't give a damn anymore. Like, like but, and you could progress to that point where he's just doing self-destructive destructive things. Like if the match is getting a little tough, he deliberately gets disqualified because yeah. who cares? Like if he's like this nihilist now, because no matter what I do, it's not good enough for you people. Like that kind of a thing, you could actually make that work as opposed to, hey, he's not the general manager anymore, but he still wears a vest for some reason. Like you've got to be able to progress these characters and give them storylines and, and arcs. Otherwise, they're just guys. Elias misses a flying elbow drop and gets punched. Corbin hits end of days to win. Like, was there something shady that I missed here? Uh, no, it wasn't. Yeah, there was a thing where uh, it, it was. Elias like, almost ran into the ref, but yes. it, that's on him. Yeah. No. Well, well, it was Corbin pushed him really hard okay. into the ref, Fair. and 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 Elias was like, "Oh gosh, I may have bumped into you." Inverted. Are you okay? I'm gonna, no. I'm gonna, I just want to make sure you're all right as I back away from you slowly and turn deliberately into my opponent. So Corbin won completely clean. That's that's on Elias and the ref it's, and it all that. Be. Whatever. I mean, if you're in the ring, you don't care where the ref is. It's the ref's job to be not where you are. That's the whole point. Yeah. He gets to win end of days. Corbin's in-ring work is okay. He's got a lot of nice, flashy moves, the end of days, the deep six. He's got a couple of moves like that. But it's when you throw him in a in a half Nelson for like two minutes, you you don't need it. You don't need that anymore. Then Alex, it is the night that wrestling fell asleep. One, 
Braun Strowman comes out to the ring, but no Lesnar or Heyman. Heyman and Lesnar show up backstage, and Heyman says that Lesnar wouldn't have an opponent to face if he came out there face-to-face. Braun then is encouraged to encourage Brock to come out there. This is a bad idea, Alex. This is a terrible idea. This is stupid. It's real bad. Because Braun knows what Vince McMahon thinks is the worst thing you can call somebody. You coward! Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this this felt... this. Uh, here's the thing. He's looking directly at the camera, right? This is the only thing that I can think of that would explain this. If there was supposed to be a teleprompter on the camera and it broke. And, on and what he, camera? Like the the one that he's he's look the one that's right in front of 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 Braun. Like Braun was supposed no. to to carry this thing. Like that's the only thing that would make Little any land. sense to me. Like like right right near the whatever. Like it just it didn't make any sense. This is not this is a guy who came up with the get these hands thing and he got it over and you're like, "Oh, well we'll just send him out there with nothing." Let's just let's just watch him drown. And and a guy who could really help him in this situation, Paul Heyman, who could think on his feet as good as anybody, wasn't helping him and Brock doesn't give a damn. Like it's it's it was a great way to make sure that nobody cares who wins who wins that stupid Twizzler title in 3 weeks. I mean, really, what are what are you doing? This is in your mind obviously the most important prestigious title in your company and you have no idea what the hell you're doing with it at any given time WWE lucks out by having somebody really really hot and whether it's at because of brock lesnar or roman reigns they refuse to capitalize on them it's like he was nuclear when he was feuding with roman reigns but ron Strowman was like he was people loved this guy and they had no idea how to capitalize on it. One of my all-time favorite feuds. I loved the Roman Reigns Braun Strowman feud. It was outstanding the stuff like, that we got to see. Yeah. Now they have him coming out trying to make jokes and Alex you and I forecasted this at the beginning of 2017 yeah. joking about the cricket wireless stuff. He called Lesnar Beastie Boy. Yeah, he's he said that once in the past. Didn't didn't work this time. That was not enough to get the reaction. Um, like you come down here, you can get these hands. And the thing was like, eventually, eventually minutes later, Brock does come down to the ring, but then he turns around and leaves. And then Braun just gets back on the mic and says, Brock, you turn around. And then Brock doesn't. I was, I was hoping that after that, he goes, and after the Royal Rumble, it'll be no sleep till Brooklyn, Beastie Boy. Yeah, yep, that'd be. Good. Even though it's in, it's at MetLife, and we got people in the live chat saying, "I was right all along. Braun was never going to have longevity. He was never going to be the guy." Uh, no offense, but allow me to say that's stupid. Yeah, because if Bra- if Braun had longevity for a year and a half in this landscape of WWE, he was going to have longevity because. Nobody has longevity like that in this landscape of WWE. He had it when they were doing everything they could to get Roman Reigns to get a certain reaction. Yeah. That's what it was, man. Yeah. Oh, man, this was this was miserable. This was bad. It, Brock Lesnar finally comes out, walks around the ring, and leaves. 
He got paid for this, Alex. They they flew him in. Braun got paid for this. I, I, I this makes no sense. I do not know what what the aim was of this. I don't know what you thought was going to happen, which is why I say like something must have just gone horribly wrong. Um, because because it doesn't feel like you don't you don't put this guy out there just to do this. This was not the intention. What was the intention? Whatever it was, this has got to be a shock. It was a huge failure. I mean, here's the deal. They have time to to actually, you know, employ their writers to write something for next week and the week after to get this thing actually back up to, to steam uh, for the Royal Rumble. So, I mean, if this was the go home before the Rumble, you can forget about it. That match would have no heat whatsoever. You have to do something between now and then to make it work. Because my God, what are you? What are you doing? Alex, do you like Imagine Dragons? Uh, kind of. They were performing in the National Championship National Championship Halftime Show. Ah, did you see that? I did not. I did not. I wasn't flipping back and forth. Well, you know what? Nobody's gonna have to see what it's like. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm not. I'm not gonna. Tra- I'm not gonna transition. <laughs> I feel bad. <laughs> I can't do it. I did it on Twitter and it got a great reaction. Oh god. I'm just I I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to I'm not going to subject our audience to that. <laughs> okay. We're going to go on to the next segment. I thought about it and I was like, "You know what? I'm not going to." All right. So Amber Moon and Apollo Crews defeated Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox. Alex, this was something that happened. Nobody's going to have to imagine your dick, Dame Dragon. (laughs) When you visit BlueChew.com, that's blue, B-L-U-E, like the color blue. They bring you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night. Maybe you just fell asleep after that brawn Brock segment. Ugh! Duty. But these pills, Blue Chew, work up to twice as fast as the pill because they're chewable. You can take them anytime you want, day or night, prescribed online. You don't have to wait in line at a doctor. You don't have to wait in line at a pharmacy. You don't have to, you don't even have to go to the, the doctor in person. You do it online. Ship straight to your door, discreet package. Faster. Better, cheaper, comes to you direct, has the same ingredients, active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but man, that better, cheaper, faster, that's what you want, my friends. Use that code FIGHTFUL, get your first shipment free. Hit them up at GetBlueChew on Twitter. Let them know you heard about them from us. (sighs) Had to work up the courage for that one, Alex. (laughs) I just only think it's fair. That's that's the only way to get any heat in a wrestling show. You got to interrupt somebody. Yeah, no, it's true. This was a squash match. Yeah. Apollo, Ember, they win. We move on. They seem to like Apollo right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope I hope one day they like Ember. Like, yeah, I, it, would, I, it would be I, nice. I, I, I really feel like she could give Ronda the best match. 
yeah on raw i really feel like i love sasha and i i like bailey i think there's a lot of people who could do i feel like ember she's so athletic and there's so many things that she can do and i buy her also being strong enough to do stuff to, to ronda i think that it's there yeah just make it happen yeah i'm just saying if you want to feel strong enough to do the things that you want to the lady in your life or or guy hey bluechew.com code fightful Moment of bliss. Alexis still hasn't wrestled since October 20th. Yeah. She yells at a stagehand to bring her coffee. She gets Ronda Rousey, who puts over somebody, reveals it to be Sasha Banks. Yeah. That's nice. That's a welcome change. I like that. But then we have Nia Jax coming out, interrupting with gagging noises, which, dare I say, a lot of people say, oh, she doesn't sound like a monster. No, this is the most annoying possible way <laughs> that yeah. she can sound is exactly how she sounds. This is the most heelish way that, that she can be. I, I like that from her. Sasha Banks follows, says it'd be an honor to face Rhonda. But then Nia says, hey, hold up. I'm 300.5 ounces. Mm-hmm. That's 18.7 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, that's not that's not correct. I don't I don't know what she was trying to do there, but it didn't work. Man. Whew. Naya said Sasha needs to get in line, to which Sasha says, Bitch, what line? <laughs> that popped me. That's that's fine. <laughs> I think it's I think it's great. I, I was like well, Sasha, the the line for people who are going to face Ronda. I mean, I I don't think Nia is at the head of it, but I don't see why you have a claim to it at this point. Oh, oh, okay, you guys are going to have a match to to decide that. That's fine. But it just felt like a weird thing of like, well, the line that we're talking about, Sasha. But go ahead and drop your your PG thirteen profanity. Uh, it is it is the uh, last hour of the show and all. A lot of people saying, oh, Naya's voice, why is she booked like a monster? I mean, come on. Well, what else is she going to book her as? Yeah, I mean, Mike Tyson didn't sound like a monster, but he was. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I put I put on Twitter, I just want Naya and Braun Strowman ad-libbing for 30 minutes, and I want Gallows and Anderson to break it down afterwards. That, that's 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 what we need from, from Naya. We need weird, incoherent. Uh, interviews where they talk about how his, she talks about how her, how her back is broken, how it's spinal. I, I don't need to hear Braun and Nia <laughs> talking about her blowing out her back. But if you want people to talk about you blowing out their back, check out bluechew.com. Use that code FIGHTFUL. Get your first shipment free at Get Blue Chew. Let them know you heard about them from us. Then we get the top contender match. It's on. And, and Nia on her way. She sits down next to Bliss. She goes, I'm not a bitch. I am that bitch. But ha, 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 ha. Oh, man, you got him. The match we saw was not good. And that is not something that you hear a lot of out of uh, Sasha Banks. Ooh, boy. Sasha Banks hits the Dalton Castle merry-go-round kick. Uh, he usually does a Hurricane Rana off of that. But we got a kick instead. Bailey comes down to support her as Tamina does for Jax. Sasha does a guillotine and it's turned into a suplex. That was good. Nia press slams Sasha onto a crate. Power bombs her into the ring for two. 
And back from the break, it gets it gets ugly. Sasha applied a bank statement. It turned into a, a Samoan drop. Sasha went for a powerbomb off the ropes, and Nia dropped Sasha over the top rope. Now, generally, when you see that, they're dropped with their legs across the top rope, too. Yeah. I don't know if that was planned, but it looked hellish. Yeah. Real bad. Tamina gets thrown into the barricade. Nia posts herself when Sasha moves out of the way. And I don't have a damn clue what they were thinking on this apron spot. Neither do I. Nia was on the apron. Sasha goes for a Hurricane Rana. Nia doesn't really move. She spikes herself into the apron. And Sasha just eats shit on the floor. Yep. And, oh, my God. My thing is, I'm like, Nia's, Nia's got to treat that like it's it was a move she did. Mm-hmm. Or Sasha's at least got to sell it more. No, Sasha gets up and immediately finishes Nia off. Yeah, she was like, I'm done with this. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done nearly dying for you. I mean, if, if they played it off like Nia did that to her, then mm-hmm. I'm thinking, damn, what a spot. Amazing. But yeah. they didn't. They didn't play it off that way. It went right into the finish and Sasha won. Yeah, it was it was just a terrible botch. Jeez. I wonder if it'll be seen on the new Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson show. I don't know. I don't know if that one's as egregious enough to point yeah. out. No, it, it, here's the thing. It's not like a botch. Like, uh, like I'm. I haven't watched the show yet. I'm assuming they did like a full ten minutes on Titus O'Neil falling under the ring. Like that seems more their speed as opposed to wow, this one person we have in the ring is wildly unsafe, and we probably shouldn't be employing her at least not in this capacity right now. And the other situation, which I assume is a botch, I don't know. I haven't asked yet. I'm going to see if I can find out more. It at least looked like it was a move that was supposed to happen in a wrestling match. Like, yeah. okay. It it not maybe not was supposed to happen, but hey, it hurt somebody. Cool, whatever. Anybody, everybody ended up okay in the end. Oh boy, uh, Sasha and Rousey, I think will probably have a really good match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This Ronda little... seems willing to do whatever it is that the other person wants to do, and yeah. whatever uh, Ronda wants to do, they they just have to because she's going to throw them anyway. Right. That's the other thing. It's like uh, I'm I'm just I'm I'm. <laughs> every time I see Rhonda in that ring and she starts grabbing that arm and just flinging people over her shoulder, I like just, just the, you, you let that's so much torque in those tosses. I just feel like somebody's going to land wrong or, or tweak something. And with Sasha's history, like I always feel like, Oh no, no, throw me extra hard. Cause I'm small. It'll look better. And then she just breaks into a million pieces. Like I just, I'm, I, I'm, I'll be watching that match like through like closed fingers. Like, I, I don't know. Um, but I, it's going to be great. They're going to be, they're going to just tear the house down. They're going to try and make that the biggest match at Royal Rumble. Yeah. I can't wait for that match. It's going to be a blast. Then we get the falls count anywhere intercontinental championship match. You knew it was going to happen to close this match off. I mean, I think it was pretty clear. Yeah. But Rollins attacks and they're backstage. I like this. It does harken back to one of the positive aspects of the Attitude Era was that the action wasn't always in the ring and it wasn't always in the same spots we see all the time. Mm-hmm. Ladders, weapons, everything in play. Rollins tries to wheel a big steel structure into Ambrose, but the but uh, Ambrose moves. Ambrose slams Rollins onto this. What were they on? Uh, I don't. I don't know. It. it, it I, I couldn't say. I could not say it. I just didn't see it. 
it was some big steel surface. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Hits him with a ladder, both get two counts. Then they go to the commercial in the middle of a backstage war for the Intercontinental title. I'm like, you all were in the ring later. You couldn't have done it then? Okay, sure, whatever. Rollins hit this punch on Ambrose that was so just, whoo, that they replayed it. Yeah. Because it was literally right on the nose, Alex. Yeah. (laughs) Right where it needed to be. Right where you would want a punch to be. Like, it's not going to hurt you, but it connected enough for them to replay it. That was one of the highlights of this match. Crowd wanted tables. They got him by the end of this. But what did you think of this match in totality as an IC title match that they're doing on the new WWE Raw? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of out on the whole new WWE Raw thing already. Like, I feel like, okay, guys, yeah, all right. Um, it, it's not. <laughs> uh, at least, At least if... I'm booking it. This is not how my raw goes, but um, this was fine. It's double. It's a it's a false can anywhere match. I like that that the Seth has so much urgency that he got to get started ahead of time. Uh, the one thing that I'm sorry I could not stop looking at was Dean's wallet chain for some reason. Like, is it connected to a wallet in his back pocket? Because wouldn't you leave that in the locker room? Are you worried about pickpockets in the ring? I know you're, it's a Falls Count Anywhere match, so maybe like somebody, a, a fan in the crowd might pull his wallet but don't have it on. Also, it's a chain. Couldn't you unhook it from your belt loops and then wrap it around your fist and use it? Like in a Falls Count Anywhere match, that'd be perfectly legal. But he was also wearing the chain and the six-man tag. Like you wouldn't let a guy come to the ring with brass knuckles in his back pocket, would you? Just seems like a blatant oversight by the ref. These are the see, things you see Rollins that, padlock it around his ankles or something and, and use it. Yeah, these are the things that 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 poison my brain while watching a match. <laughs> I wish I was not this person, but this is who I am. Rollins after that nice punch, uh, a buckle bomb, and a super kick hit, and then he does the stomp. But Lashley pulls him out of the ring and attacks. Ambrose crawls to the pin for victory. Ambrose sold this so well. He yeah. just crawled and crawled and crawled. Lashley didn't help him. <laughs> That's what I want out of my heels. Yeah. Lashley's still a dick. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lashley and Ambrose have no connection. Yeah, they were they were part of a six man tag earlier in their night, but that's that's it. I just love the idea of of Dean like being there and being like, well, better better pin this guy. Uh Oh, that really hurt, though. Like, it was a kind of a thing where he was really playing every bit of it. Like, I didn't want to win this way, but I'll take it. Like, there was a lot of, of stuff there in the whole crawling. Uh, and I kind of just wanted Lashley to, like, like hang out in the turnbuckle, just waiting for it. <laughs> like, okay, fine. Get 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 it over with. Uh, I, I, I thought this was good. So It was on my timeline where people were like, oh, my God, Dean's going to help him. It's like... No, I don't no. think they're going to reform the tag team this quickly. Anything's possible. Anything can happen in the WWF. Just remember that. Lashley then puts Rollins to a table to end the show. So a couple of uh, points I wanted to touch on. That was a fine match. It was it was a, a nice change of pace. It was Intercontinental title match. It meant something. Didn't believe for a second Rollins was going to win the title. That's an issue. When I know the result before it's going to happen... And would, no matter what, everybody knew what was going to happen there. Yeah. Did they show Sammy and KO vignettes tonight? 
Mm, no. I don't remember it. I didn't see those. They sure as shit show those NXT vignettes. Yeah, they, they must have spent a lot on those things because they're getting their money's worth. Those are lazy as shit, man. I've yeah. seen those like 10 times now. By the way, supposedly the, the matches that happened before Raw with Lacey Evans and EC3 were just done because they were in Orlando. They're not going to air. Oh, so so they're not on main event. Supposedly not. And even if they were, they wouldn't be on main event on the network for a month from right, now. Right, right. But they would be on Hulu like two days from now. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I have Hulu now, so there we go. But yeah, I, I'm told, uh, I think John Pollock tweeted they weren't going to air. So he's a very reputable source. So I believe him. Okay, good. That's good. Because that would not be a good sign. Because even No Way Jose debuted on Raw. Yeah. You know? Like EC3 going getting the, the main event treatment with a quick win over Kurt Hawkins is probably not a good sign. So I don't know that I've gotten your a lot of your thoughts on this. We have All Elite Wrestling with a, a rally on Tuesday. Yeah. Kenny Omega at least has said he's leaving New Japan. I Keep in mind, guys, Kenny said this before. He said it in 2017. Yeah. Worked a whole bunch of people over it. We will have a presence at the rally tomorrow. We'll have some content up. I'm going to do a little live recap afterwards. We will stream the rally. When you look at the pro wrestling landscape, who do you think gets hurt the most? I've seen a lot of people say, oh, the indies are going to get hurt the most. I don't think so. I don't think the independent scene gets hurt more. And if it does and more people get full-time pay out of it, so be it. Uh, I think that Impact probably gets hurt most because Impact has – when I looked up and down that roster, about 15 or 20 talent that I'm like, oh my gosh, New Japan, MLW, All Elite, WWE want them. And I don't know if Twitch and the Pursuit right. Network are going to cut the mustard. Yeah. You got Crazy Steve and Scott Steiner coming back at the at the tapes. So <laughs> those are who I think get hurt the most. How about yourself? Oh, when when Crazy Steve with two Zs is your big return, along with Scott Steiner, who's, what, 60? Yeah, no disrespect to Crazy Steve. He's a bigger one than Steiner, in my estimation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, impact, man. It it feels like forever ago that those guys were the legit number two in the business among corporations. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like, I mean, if it's true, they were like trying to like get in with all elite and kind of like just be like, hey, you guys can take us over. If that's true, like that's that's it. You guys are done. Um, but I don't know who it hurts necessarily. I know who it helps. And it's all these guys in WWE who are doing nothing and could be doing at least something. I don't know if Zack Ryder's going to set the world on fire if he goes to all elite. But it's better than not doing anything in WWE. So there's all kinds of guys who are, and, and women, uh, let's hope All Elite has a, has a female presence. Because if they don't, you're going to see a lot of people who are like, who are, who are legitimately big female fans of wrestling who won't watch if there's no res- women's wrestling. So let's hope that that, that goes in as, as, fa- as well. But there's all these people out there who could get a better better platform and could be uh, also when WWE and NXT is the only place for these uh, burgeoning indie wrestlers to go, then they go to NXT and they're not on TV and NXT for several months. Um, if but is there another stopgap between the indies 
and NXT where you go to All Elite for a while and you wrestle there and you get some exposure and that that increases your brand so that when you go to NXT, you're not just a guy who did some great stuff at, at PWG, but is now, you know, not being used. There's 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 a lot of give and take there, but I'm very excited to see where this is going. I would be shocked if Kenny Omega doesn't go to All Elite just because I feel like he's such a huge part of that group. And I mean, just go there for a year, see what happens. Like go there with your buddies and like try and take over the wrestling world, at least your own little corner of it. I mean, just give it a shot. Guys, we will have more on this on the post-Smackdown show. I'm going to do a recap tomorrow, but also listen, your boy, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Tune into the new uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Fightful MMA Boxing, Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. That's where our MMA podcast is now. Uh, we have a whole new community of MMA commenters. Uh, we were lucky enough to adopt a discus community that has joined us over there, so Drop in, leave a comment on the stories. I always say, if you all don't have it to subscribe to Fightful Select, drop a comment on one of our stories. Retweet something. That goes such a long way in uh, supporting us, I can't even tell you. But I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight and joining us. I know there are a lot of other shows, but we're here every Monday night. We're here every Tuesday night. When SmackDown shows up on Fridays, we're not going to move the show to another night. I will be here every Friday night doing this show for you guys. And I thank you all for joining us. Leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, follow Alex at Palowski the Fourth, follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Till next time, we are out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.